It's time to talk about infidelity. I was recently contacted by Curve Media. They are currently developing a feature-length documentary that will tell the full story of an affair. Told in the past tense, the film will explore infidelity and its consequences with empathy and honesty. We need to break the silence. They would love to talk to you. If you are willing to have an off-the-record conversation to find out more, please get in touch with them at theaffair@curvemedia.com. Check out today's episode notes for more information. Raw Truth: Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or a psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly recommended. People's lives follow many different paths, with twists and turns and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation Anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to a mistake that they just can't take back. When they are facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hello, and welcome to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. So, you heard how this podcast started today. Yes, this is real. This is exciting. Uh, Curve Media contacted me, and uh, they are looking for a couple. They can be divorced. They can be together that has suffered from infidelity. And they are looking to do that documentary. And so they reached out to me because of the quality and content of my podcast and was real excited to be able to work with them, or I am excited to be able to work with them and pass it along because there may be a couple who is listening right now who think, you know what, this might be something good for us. So check it out. Uh, The email again is theaffair at curvemedia.com. And you can also read my episode notes like I mentioned. And uh, excuse my voice, it's scraggly here. I'm going on three weeks since I've been sick. When I got back from Vegas on what was it, May 20th, um, I started feeling kind of crummy the next day, definitely crummy and so on. And even though I've felt really good the last week, my voice has not returned. And I feel like I'm very sinusy, talking funny, I'm coughing. So whatever this was or is, was, I guess, uh, hopefully it'll go away. So bear with me and we'll do the best we can for today's episode. And on that note, let's get started with today's episode about Shasta. I was raised by my grandparents for the most part until I was 10 years old. My mother had me at 23 and worked two jobs while attending school as a single parent. We lived in a very rural area of North Carolina on the Hoke-Robeson County line. The family property left room for our mobile home next to my grandparents' house. 
Her relationship with my father was very much frowned upon as he was almost 20 years to the day older than she was. He had a very sordid history with women. Three other children from previous relationships liked to drink a little too much and had a violent temper. She left him when I was an infant, so I have no memory of there ever being a happy family. My mother hated my father, and so does his first wife. The feeling was mutual on this part. I never saw my father lift his hand to anyone, ever, but he told me he changed after he quit drinking. Growing up, he visited me at my grandparents' home, and I could always get in contact with him when I needed, but I didn't stay with him very often. Starting around the age of 11, he always stressed to me how boys and later men were and the games they would play. How it was all about getting in my pants, as he said. As a teenager, I didn't really want to know what I wanted to be when I grew up. My grandmother passed away when I was 15, and I started acting out in many ways. I wouldn't say I was promiscuous, but I was a little wild. Rather than hooking up with boys I went to school with, I was running off with grown men. At 16, I was dating a 28-year-old, and he was not the only one. I ended up dropping out of school in the 12th grade with one semester left before graduation. I left home and pretty much spent the next year running the streets with one man or another. I ended up going to the Job Corps because I had been tangled up with some very unsavory characters in some bad situations and needed to escape, basically. Halloween 2006, I arrived at Job Corps. I had just turned 19 years old at the time. My first real encounter with my spouse, BJ, took place in January of 2007. He was walking past my dorm window looking like a tall glass of chocolate milk smoking a cigarette, and I told him to let me hit it as he passed by. He brought the cigarette over to me, and I said, sure, I will take that, too. The dorm he lived in was next door to mine, so for the next month, we were pretty much inseparable. We shared meals together and spent all our free time together. He finished his program in February of 2007, but we kept in touch. I finished up shortly after in March, and when I came home, we ended up living together. Like he picked me up from the bus station and I just never went back home. I immediately got pregnant with our first child who was born in November 2007. During this time, everything seemed to be going okay. We struggled financially, which did cause a bit of tension, but I still gave it my all and continuously tried to prove my worth in the hopes that he would become more invested in the ways that I wanted. He is a very good guy, kind and generous. The type of person who stops on the road to take a turtle from one side to the other, but lack of romance really took a toll with the financial strain, in addition to the fact that our son was special needs. I had no desire for anyone else. I just wanted the person I chose to step up and be the man I wanted. 
Every woman wants a man she can say is a real man, a provider, protector, and best friend. I did not feel like those were qualities I was getting. We welcomed our second child in 2010, and while our relationship struggled, infidelity was still not an issue at the time. Sex never really was an issue in our relationship and was not what led me to my infidelity. In fact, it was probably the thing that held us together when everything else was falling apart, but I still yearned for more romance and support. My birthday that year, in September 2010, I was finally done begging for him to be the man that I thought he had the potential to be. My family had made plans and he didn't attend because it was not something he wanted to do. I had had enough. This began the road leading to not one, but multiple affairs. I began seeing physically a man who was also in a relationship, and of course, this was very short-lived. I would often go see him when his wife was at work, and being that he was a friend of the family, no one really thought anything was going on. No one ever found out about him, but I ended it after a few months. I never felt any type of empowerment in this situation, just sad and cheap. I was never fit to be the other woman, as ironic as that may sound. I was searching for the love that comes with being put first, being someone's one and only. Next, I found myself tangled up with an inmate, of all people, my emotional affair. He was the son of one of my patients. I was a home health aide at the time. I had become close with the family and had inquired who he was when I saw him in a picture. It was like I had laid eyes on the one I had been looking for forever. I asked his mother who he was and she told me. Logically, my next question was, why was he in prison? He was selling drugs and ended up taking a charge to keep his former wife from being prosecuted, which landed him a 14-year sentence. I think I fell in love with the idea of his love language. He loved me as passionately as I did him. I met Young when his mother asked me to get a birthday card for him to send on her behalf. I took it upon myself to send one from me too. We were instantly smitten. He was very artistic and I even tattooed a picture he had drawn like three months into the situationship. Still no regrets to this day. Our chemistry was top tier and the world seemed to not even exist when we were talking or together. I stalked the mailman daily and it was like I could feel when I was getting some mail. My phone could be on silent and I would just know to pick it up when it was ringing and it was young. We wrote each other often, phone calls, and I visited as much as possible. My spouse knew about the birthday card, but he did not know my true intentions until a few months into the relationship. It caused many arguments, but BJ continued to choose to stay despite knowing about my outside relationship. Despite the lack of physical contact, our relationship was pure bliss in my eyes. I loved him in an all-encompassing way, and even better, I felt loved and not just by him either. 
I had become very close with his mother and sister, even took weekend trips together and played cards on the weekend. His mother passed away in 2012, and this changed our relationship drastically. I began doing illegal activities with him to help support him and his family. I also benefited, and this carried on for a few years before ending abruptly to avoid prosecution. I found out he was still communicating with a childhood friend, which wasn't so much of a problem until their conversations became sexual in nature. Once that trust was broken, I kind of quit dealing with him, although we do speak occasionally. He, young, actually informed my spouse himself by writing a letter to my home, including some intimate pictures I had sent him, which of course did not go well. My spouse, BJ, was highly upset, but still tolerated my affair, and I was happy that the information was out because living with secrets is very stressful. It was affecting my sleep and general mental health. He will be getting released in a year. Following the end of this particular affair, I attempted to reconcile my relationship with BJ, but we struggled as he did not trust me and we still had the same issues as before. This turned into a cycle of trying to work on things for a while, but when he didn't put forth a real effort, then I would go seeking that love elsewhere. He would often find out things by digging in my phone while I was asleep or in the shower. These affairs were not like the one with Young in that they were primarily sexual in nature. Just hookups, I guess you would call them. They all ended the same with me still choosing to try and work on my relationship with BJ because these other men were not seeking a relationship and neither was I because I already knew if they cheat with you, they will cheat on you. The end of these flings was often a little disappointing because at the end of the day, they still were not filling the void and I just felt so cheap after every encounter. I met men on sites like Craigslist which had the potential to be dangerous or end badly, but thankfully they didn't. My entire life and everyone in it was affected in some way. BJ told my parents about my affair with Young, which was borderline embarrassing. He would tell our daughter things like, Mommy doesn't want me anymore, which I know has affected her view of me, and issues created probably won't come out until she is older and trying to have relationships herself. We continued to try and work things out until February of 2021, when I officially called it quits and moved out. It felt scary and freeing at the same time. I felt trapped for 14 years and I was finally free, but it was terrifying at first because I had spent my entire adult life with BJ. My children have only known the home we shared as their home, so that adjustment has been rather difficult. He was sure to tell the children it was me who wanted to split up and not him. As scary as it was, it was much needed, and I did it for my daughter. I don't want her to end up in a relationship where she feels trapped. As for now, we are still separated. However, BJ insists he wants his family together. 
After our official split, I tried to have a relationship with someone, but it did not work out due to infidelity on his part. And so I have decided to take a break from dating and relationships altogether and focus on myself and my children. I am working on my Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Looking back, the thing I would have done differently would have been to make a clean break from my relationship early on while my children were still small, rather than go out and seek that love while still in a relationship. I own my part in continuing that very messy cycle. Ironically, I do not regret my relationship with Young, and I would do it again any day. Our love was like the great love you see in movies. The kind of connection you only ever experience with one person, but you could spend the rest of your life looking for it again. I do regret hurting BJ as well as the image my children, especially my daughter, has of me. I really hope that one day she will be better able to understand why I chose to do the things I did and how complex relationships can be. I don't desire to have any other affairs. I hated hiding things and feeling like I was living a lie. I wouldn't trust that an honest relationship could be built from an affair. My advice for anyone who is thinking about having an affair would be to make sure you know that there is no coming back once that trust is broken. And even though a cracked vase can be glued back together, the vase will never be back to its original shape. My question for the listeners would be, when is it acceptable to have an affair? If you have begged your partner for the things that you feel are missing and they refuse to step up, or let go. Shasta, thank you so much for submitting your story and being willing to share. I really appreciate how you're just straightforward and honest. It feels to me that you've looked maybe in your life for a man to step up and be there for you. And just reading, you know, what you had talked about with your father, not really being a very good example and not being in the picture and them being so young when they had you, it could potentially stem from there because you've never had a good role model and you're looking for that and you want that in a man because I'm sure you want them, your husband to be that way, a good provider for your children as well and so you know we go into these relationships with the goals that everything will be okay this is what's meant to be and then the realness starts in and after years of getting into routines and parenthood and school and work things seem to change and people start to take others for granted and this situation, like with you, feeling that you've been asking and begging for your husband to, hey, whoa, I'm here, we need this, we need to connect like this, it comes up often. And I'm noticing a trend, especially with my show, is the majority of this happens with people get married in their 20s, and then into their 30s, these affairs will happen. And 
I was curious, what I was curious is, had you noticed him not really being this way early on in the marriage before the kids? Or do you really feel it changed after the pressure with the children and all that comes along with that? And today, because it's been a while since you submitted the story, where is he as far as trying to improve what you've talked to him about as far as being emotionally present because I'm getting ready here to read an article about eight women or eight reasons women cheat and the number one says the number one um, I can't talk today the number one on this list was they cheat for sex and I know statistically people are saying that, but when it really comes down to talking about it, the majority of these women are cheating because they are lacking that emotional intimacy that they need from their spouse or partner. And I know when you married BJ, you had every intent of everything going just the way it needed to be. You wanted to make this work. You knew this felt right to you. But then those things change. And, you know, it's important that you do find happiness. And I'm proud of you for saying, hey, you know what? Cheating is not the way to go. And I just need to be done in this marriage because it's obvious that my needs are not getting met and I'm not happy. And I love that you want to be a good example for your own daughter. That says a lot about your integrity. And yeah, she's gonna probably be confused and I can use my daughter as an example when all my cheating shit came out she was about 16 and she's 28 now and though she says she has forgiven me and that I need to forgive myself things will still come up where I know she holds it against me and I've been very open and very transparent with her and my son about the things that I did and I guess that's about all we can really do is do whatever we can to try and help them understand that yes we understand we made mistakes and maybe we should have gone about it a different way which is exactly what I agree with on my own um, and that you want them to make better choices in their relationships and don't settle if you know if somebody's in a relationship and you're not sure if it's gonna work right don't settle because once that marriage comes into play or children, it makes it that much harder to get out of the situation. So anyway, Shasta, thank you so much again for sharing your story and keep us posted as to where things are now. I would like to share an article today since it's been a while since we've had one. And this one is from the Mind Body Green website. So mindbodygreen.com. Um, let's see here. It was written by uh, their spiritual and relationships writer, Sarah Regan. An expert review by Christy Overstreet, who is a PhD, LPCC, LMHC, CST. And I have no idea what everything beyond PhD means. <laughs> I will have a link in the episode notes, of course. Um, and this was published back in September, it looks like September 29th of 2020. 
In the past, there have been more significant differences in reasons why men cheat and why women cheat. With men cheating more for sexual variety and women cheating more because of relationship dissatisfaction. But nowadays, that gender gap in infidelity is closing. Men and women cheat for many of the same reasons at similar rates. Quote, women cheat for many reasons, just like men do. End quote. AASECT certified sex therapist and licensed counselor. Tammy Nelson, Ph.D., tells MBG. We asked relationship experts like Nelson why women cheat today, plus what to do if it's happening. Reasons women cheat in relationships. One, women cheat for sex. Quote, women appreciate good sex just like anyone else, end quote, Nelson says. Quote, women cheat when they find a man or a woman that turns them on, end quote. If anyone tells you men cheat for sex and women cheat for emotion, she adds, they're wrong. A recent study published in the Journal of Sex Research found that although men are still more likely to cheat for sexual variety, it's still among the top three reasons women cheat. Number two, they're unhappy in their current relationship. The same study found another top reason women cheat is that they've fallen out of love with their current primary partner. Even if the love is still there, in general, a woman who's unhappy in her relationship may be more inclined to cheat. Whether because of anger, home, financial problems, family trouble, the list goes on, they may feel cheating will offer them what their current relationship isn't. Quote, women cheat because the relationship at home is cooling off, Nelson says. Quote, if there is tension or boredom at home, excitement on the side can be a distraction. A temptation too great to avoid. Number three, it was just a mistake. The third top reason for women cheating according to the study, it was just situational. Things like being drunk and not thinking clearly. Quote, everybody makes mistakes. Sometimes affairs happen because of an opportunity, Nelson adds. Quote, women can act impulsively and then regret it, end quote. In other words, it's entirely possible there isn't much deeper meaning aside from an opportunity that they weren't able to pass up at the moment. Number four, they are craving intimacy. Whether it's physical or emotional, intimacy is one of those needs we all want to see met. If a woman isn't feeling intimately fulfilled in her relationship, and someone comes along who exhibits that type of intimacy, there will be an attraction. Some older research has found women tend to have a stronger emotional connection to the new person they're cheating with than male cheaters do, suggesting romance is part of the cheating equation for women. Number five, the new person made them feel special. Sometimes people cheat because the new person gave them a new feeling or made them feel like someone else. Quote, women report that an affair lover makes them feel special, sexy, and adored, and that attention is too hard to ignore no matter what their spouse does at home, end quote, Nelson says. Number six, they're experiencing low self-esteem. Low self-esteem can create a desire for outside validation, psychologist Margaret Paul, Ph.D., explains. This might be particularly true if the person isn't receiving validation from their current partner, 
but Paul notes it's really the lack of self-love that can push someone to cheat. Quote, mainly what I've seen, end quote, Paul tells MBG, quote, is people cheat when they're not taking responsibility for themselves or taking care of their own feelings, when they don't develop the ability to speak up for themselves in their current relationship, they're abandoning themselves in numerous ways, and because of that, they're needy for outside attention, end quote. In this way, she notes the instance of cheating or an affair may be less about the attention someone gives them and more about the attention they are giving themselves. Number seven, they use it to numb or cope with difficult feelings. Cheating may also indicate there's something within themselves or the relationship that they are not dealing with. Paul compares cheating to turning to alcohol or drugs, and that people might turn to any of these behaviors as a way to run away from their feelings instead of directly addressing them. Number eight, they want a breakup or a change. Sometimes people cheat because they want their relationship to end, and cheating seems like an easier way to break it than to directly confront their partner. But Nelson also points out that sometimes people cheat because they want something in their current relationship to change. Quote, women cheat to get out of a marriage or to stay in one, end quote, she says. Who cheats more, men or women? Research suggests that men are more likely to cheat in committed relationships. One 2016 study suggests that on average, 20% of men have cheated versus 13% of women. Interestingly, women in the 18 to 29 age group actually cheated slightly more than men. Though, as the years go on, fewer women cheat while more men cheat, and the gap gets wider over time. Signs your partner may be cheating. Quote, People often have a feeling that their partner is cheating, end quote, Paul notes. Quote, the energy shift when someone is cheating, and people almost always say, something's changed or something was wrong. Some common signs to look out for include, number one, they act suspicious around their phone or computer to hide their communication. Number two, they're dressing nicer, working out more, or generally taking better care of their appearance. Three, your sex life is suddenly different. For example, more sex to cover up the cheating, less sex or new different sex. Number four, they're often out for extended periods of time without warning, quote, working late or dealing with something else that just came up. Five, you often can't get a hold of them when they are out. Six, their friends could very well know about the cheating and as such, they act awkward around you. Number seven, there are unexplained expenses on their bank statement like dinners or other date-like activities. What to do about infidelity in a relationship. To be cheated on can sever the trust of an otherwise healthy relationship, and to be the cheater can leave one feeling guilty, confused, and unsure of how to move forward. Perhaps you discovered your partner is cheating, or maybe you're the one who did the cheating. Either way, it's important to address it if you want to move forward, whether that means staying together or breaking up. Let your partner know you need to talk to them about something important and take some time to think about how you want to approach the conversation. 
Couples therapy may be a good option to encourage a healthy and productive discussion. Quote, therapy can help to move forward after an affair, end quote, Nelson says. Find a therapist who has experience treating erotic recovery, someone who is judgment-free and will support you in your journey toward a new monogamy, end quote. Quote, if both people are open to learning about their own contribution to the problems in the marriage, if they are willing to learn how to take responsibility for themselves, end quote, Paul adds, quote, they can actually create a much better relationship than they had before. I see it over and over that the relationship can get much, much better when they both open up and deal with what created the dysfunction. But if one partner isn't open to dealing with it, then there's no point. It's not going to get better. Bottom line, cheating is, in all honesty, not that uncommon. If it happens in your relationship, that doesn't mean it has to be the end of the road for the two of you. Nelson and Paul both say recovering from cheating is possible and can be well worth it in creating a stronger relationship that you had before. If you're both on board, with time you can start rebuilding trust so you're stronger than ever. A very good article, I feel. And um, I have been working on my infidelity recovering coach, infidelity recovery coaching certification. Can't talk. And um, I'm about three quarters of the way, th- well, about two thirds of the way through it as I'm the day that I'm recording this and plan to have it completed here in the next few days if all goes as planned. And I'm learning a lot. And a lot of my knowledge stems from my own experience and experiences working with people such as you, the listeners. But I have learned more. And now a lot of the things that came up in that article were very, um, they, you know, kind of stuck because I remember reading about it in my studies. And yeah, there are seven different types of affairs that I'm learning about. And I feel the women are falling more into a category um, called like a split affair, a split life affair. Um, And then there's uh, six other ones. And I'm looking forward to being able to recognize when I work with couples, um, the type of affair that took place. And some of it may be beyond my scope of knowledge and be needing to refer them to a psychologist who specializes more in um, sexual addictions and things like that. Um, But I'm being trained to recognize and what those tools are going to be to help these couples who want to repair their marriage. And at the end of this article, it did say that if one person isn't into it and the other one is, it's not going to work. And I agree with that. Um, The first time that I told my ex-husband, I actually told him I had cheated on him, we went to therapy and my heart wasn't in it. I was there because he wanted me there and I was feeling exhausted because I was constantly being reminded of what I had done. And of course, I feel differently about it now, but at the time, this is what was going through my head. Like, I just wanted to sweep it under the rug and let's just move on. But he couldn't, he was hurt and I don't blame him. But there were reasons why I struggled in the marriage and I was too chicken shit. And to this day, I still haven't told him. And I think I may have shared it in previous episodes um, as to the real 
one of the reasons, not the only reason. Um, and if I had been honest with him, I knew I would have hurt him more. And so it does put a situation where we're going to have to learn, as I preach transparency, I didn't know it back then what I needed to do. Um, I, well, or I knew, and I just didn't want to admit to him that I was not physically attracted to him at all because that would do even a worse number on his self-esteem. And I don't know if I can ever say that to his face, uh, just because of my own shame for what I did. But that was 12 years ago, and we're moving forward, and we have separate lives, and, you know, all these things that have happened, I've been able to take and try and help other people in these situations. Um, And with my coaching coming around the corner here soon, I am excited to be able to help people more than I have been. So thank you again so much for tuning in today. And we will see you next week with an all new Let's Ponder. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when they uncovered the truth. Natasha said when they came back, they found the downstairs neighbor who her co-worker had invited to the party in the house on top of Natasha with her shirt off. All I remember was feeling like I was helpless to protect my wife and that I had no choice but to believe her. This event exposed even more issues between Natasha and me and that until this point I had neglected to pick up on. Natasha and I had talked about having kids in the past. I personally always had a plan that I wanted to be married with a kid by the age of 25. Natasha always seemed on board with this plan, or at least I thought so. It was right around the time of that first encounter we started trying to have a kid. A few months went by, but still nothing. That's when she put stipulations on things. If you want to have children, we need a house and not an apartment, so I got her a house. If you want to have a child, I need a family-sized SUV, so I got her the SUV. It was around this time that Natasha would meet the person that would ultimately lead to our divorce. To hear bonus stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship and have early access to regular episodes ad-free, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as $3 a month. Thank you for listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. There, you will find story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon, and an opportunity to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story, share feedback about the show, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or mail to Rebecca Adams, 
P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Each story is taken into careful consideration, read without judgment, and always anonymous. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is written, produced, and edited by me, Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Be kind to one another, be kind to yourself, and always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.